Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, episode 120, short round, won an Oscar. Yep. Um, what's that, two weeks ago? Jesus Christ. Um, best 30 minutes of sleep in show business, guys. Uh, and it keeps you asleep so long, you're commenting on stuff from a couple weeks ago. Brought to you today by scriptpipeline.com, the company that sees your screenplay and gets it seen by so many others. Why the hell not? If you went as far as writing a script, the time, energy, resources, uh, mental anguish, the cost of final draft, this necessary software, then why not go a little further and have professional eyes put on that same script at a very reasonable cost? Uh, and, you, you know, and you figure out the business a little bit. You learn the strategies, the inside stuff. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm, I have no idea who's out there. Uh, do I want to know? Probably not. I should check the numbers and get a gauge on this, uh, although I'd probably steer the material, the content I would steer in uh, the masses' favor, which isn't what I want to do. Uh, I don't know when these podcasts are coming out. What am I talking about? I'm just going to put them out when I can. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no, like, this schedule is insane. And I don't know how much longer I can do it before I lose my mind. Uh, I leave Thursday. Again, if uh, I don't get called in for jury duty, which I'm doing tomorrow, I have to go tomorrow, Monday, and wait all day to see if I get called for the week. And if I do, then I miss day job and I miss cruise ship uh, that I'm scheduled for on Thursday. So that's great. There's no podcast I listen to where I'm listening right. Oh, okay. That's a good point. Like I'm, there's not a podcast I'm listening to where I listen right when it comes out of the gate. I just check every few weeks. I check uh, Rogan, I check uh, Marin, you know, um, maybe Michael Lewis a little bit. Uh, I was doing Alec Baldwin for a while. I let myself fall behind. Oh, and, uh, you know, Fly on the Wall with Spade and um, Dana Carvey is great. But I do let myself fall behind a little bit and then catch up later. So, yeah, they're going to come out whenever. This thing's not making me money, and it does take time, and I don't have a lot of free time and energy. Although I stay on the ship scene uh, much longer, I, I will. I'll, have, I'll get a rhythm going. But it's just so inconsistent because I'm not uh, – you know, a musician, I'm not a seasoned cruise ship comic. There's a siren that's been going on for 10 minutes outside our apartment here. Uh, so stay on the ship scene. Yeah, then you can get a rhythm going. Then you can plan out three, four months. Um, but I've only got, you know, kind of one clean act. So that's why they call me like in the seventh inning sometimes. Be like, hey, can you come on for one show, one show, one show, one show, uh, week of, you know, day before. I get called on a lot of these. So uh, that's kind of tough because if you want to bring someone, you have to give the ship 30 day notice. And I've never had 30 day notice on a ship. And I can't, you know, I try to tell friends when I'm going, I don't know where I am in the world right now. Physically, I mean, oh, no, mentally, I'm great. Oh, okay. Physically, I'm somewhere in the Bahamas. No, I'm not. I'm back in Rancho Santa Margarita. Uh, there's so many islands down there. And I think, I think I've been to every one of them at this point. You know, I always think I'm, I'm a, uh, I've been to every one, and then I see on the ship's itinerary, oh, there's a new one. You know, there's St. Glutimus, you know. I mean, how many islands are down here? Is it the same? Oh, I was like, is it? The, oh, that's a joke I tell on stage now. Is it the same one, and they're just redressing it every time we leave, and we just sail out for a little bit and then sail back, you know, and bring in a new crew and cast? It's a fun joke. 
uh, with new signs. Yeah, yeah, this is St. Thomas, and this is St. Martin's, this is St. Tartan's, and this is Jamaica, you know, and this is uh, Turks and Caicos and St. Kitts. Uh, yeah, and deep sea diving and scuba diving and stuff like that. So anyway, I was down there last week. I've been back almost a week. Going to take uh, a couple weeks off here. Going to be in town after this next trip. Going to be in town a couple weeks, most of April. And I'm just drained. You know, I never had a holiday, really. The holidays, I never got to see the family, which I'm still bummed about. And my one of my nieces was even asking, when's the last time we saw Uncle Patrick, which just killed me. So uh, I've, I've never been more tired getting than getting off the plane so OC to Dallas to, oh, when I flew to Fort Lauderdale, I was exhausted because it was an early get up. And then, you know, you route through Dallas because it's a last minute booking. Um, and I'm coming through, coming out of Orange County. I could fly direct more likely if I went to LA. I don't necessarily want to Uber all the way to LA and then Uber all the way home because just, well, the cost is more. And then the time when you come back and land, but it would be quicker than a layover in texas which is what every other airline does felt like i just got home oh yeah i felt like i just got home and then i went out and did that again i was on the landline and like oh oh my god so i was on the landline in my cabin and there was a light and i thought it was a message so i was trying to hit the button next to the light to check the message but it turns out the light was only on because the phone was off the hook and the receiver was at my ear so i'm like why did i even pick up the phone if the light wasn't on then so i I went a little insane is my point i went a little insane on the on the on it's very isolating and people go oh no it's you know people brush over and they you know you see them they have drinks they want to be um positive and everything must be easy right everything's great yeah southern county great great smiles smiles money clean car so maybe um maybe i don't know where i where i am or who i am but yeah people were saying must be great must be great it's very isolating even when the shows go well it's very isolating. It's very isolating for like the bands and the crew and, you know, the musicians that are on there together as a team. It's isolating for them. And they bond. I did a lot of time in the crew bar on this last trip on the princess, uh, whatever. I did ask a girl out. I asked a girl out this week. Oh, she's involved. Oh, that was great. Yeah, I asked a girl out. And... Uh, she was like, I'm involved. She's like, I, if anything changes, I'll let you know, which is funny. It's sweet, I guess. It's a sweet thing. But uh, I think it's to let someone down a little easier. But it's like, I, I don't, like, what's the time frame on that? It'd just be funny to hear from someone, you know, a few months down the road. Or, you, hey, remember the time we met once? Ten minutes later, you asked me out, and I said, I'm dating someone. Remember that? You know, it was outside the bathroom at the VFW. Anyway, I'm not with that person anymore. Oh, okay. Great. But you know what? Most guys are like, sure, okay, let's try it. You could call up a guy. Oh, yeah, you, a girl could call up a guy and get a wrong number, and he'd come and meet you. Most guys. I mean, this, this stuff online where you can get hooked in and just have guys send you money for pics or video or a fake meetup. I mean, it's endless, right? So um, it was just funny wording, if anything changes, right? Especially funny in, uh, oh, it's funny in Old School, the movie Old School, when Vince Vaughn does it, a young girl wants to hook up, and he's like, yeah, I'm married, but why don't you give me your number? That way, if anything happens, I can give you a call. So that was funny. I think that's funny because if anything happens, it wasn't if anything changes. Just like if an accident should befall my wife and kids, kids, um, well, the kids wouldn't matter, then I'll give you a call. So very funny. 
but it's a nice buffer statement, right? It's like someone says, I, it, when, when someone says like, I love you, man, like when guys go, I love you, brother, love you, man. We always have to have those little tags. We can't just say, hey, friend, I love you. Like, it, it's kind of psycho and weird and, you know, it's like, okay. But so you really need the man part. You need to tag that. It's like a buffer, Senator. Um, I'm seeing someone, but we'll let you know if anything changes. So, yeah, that's a softener. Other, oh, yeah, otherwise it would sound like I'm seeing someone, but I'm flattered and under different circumstances. You know, that's a good one, too. I asked a girl out, black girl. She was beautiful at Gap. Um, I met her on a Saturday or Sunday because I was shopping there in San Francisco Union Square. This is back in the 90s. She was gorgeous. And then it just stuck in my head all week. And I'm like, I at least have to go ask her out. And I went, and I was with Joe, my buddy Joe. And I was like, will you at least just go with me into the place? And he's like, yeah. And uh, I went in. I'm like, hey, I was here last week. We talked for a second. She's like, yeah, I remember you. Probably not. I was like, can I take you out sometime? You know, food, coffee, whatever. And she's like, oh, I'm flattered, but I'm seeing someone, which is just a good go-to. It's saving face, you know, even if she's not. Um, seeing someone and I was like oh cool thank you okay cool good to know um, and then you know and then you can stumble through that but that's fine but it's you know it's a good way to show your true colors after that and be like cool had to had to you understand you know when you look like this um, and you come off this way you have to be asked I have to just remind myself that I'm a man somewhere and then I walked I was walking out and I told Joe I was like she said no she's seeing someone and he's like great great clear clear sailing you move forward you know and and, and that's why Joe is a very successful person, and I'm on my way. Uh, but uh, it was great. It's just great to have a, a pal nearby. So uh, everybody can save face and step away from situations, you know? Like there's a fight, and you think your buddy's going to get your ass kicked. Get in there, hold him back, or make the peace a little bit, or maybe let him get a punch in and then break it up. I mean, there's ways to save face so people don't have to die in bar fights. But if someone's going to die in a bar fight, do we really want to stop them? Uh, or do we want them off the planet so we can get a, one extra parking space? So, um, yeah, it can be tricky when you're asking someone out if you're not in similar circles and there's nobody who knows the truth about you and nobody knows her, which is good and bad, right? So you can't find out. You just have to go for it in those instances because there's nothing, you know, there's no like, does she like me? You know, do I have a guarantee of being told yes and this and that? Like we always were worried about that. Um, so anyway, a good reason to have a boyfriend or girlfriend, man, wife, uh, husband, husband, um, wife, good reason to have someone in your life, just to be able to tell someone you've got someone if they ask you out and you don't want them asking you out. That ring probably can keep a lot of people away and you're saying, Oh, I'm sorry. But you know, you can be selective and be like, yeah, you know, I have this ring to deflect other people. Uh, so it was after a good show. So I felt good and I asked her and it was great. So it's just, um, so you're good. You move on. It's fine. I thought it was good. Uh, I, I feel like you can do really well show eyes out here, but ultimately it's like, but what else do you, oh, South Orange County, San Diego area. I really like, you can really do well, especially Orange County. You really do well show wise. Yeah. But ultimately someone will be like, especially in Orange County. Um, but what else, what else do you do that they're like, they can't like, if 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 you made a hundred thou say doing stand up or playing instruments singing, as a performer whatever, they'd be like yeah but what what else do you do like that that wouldn't that wouldn't be enough and, and entertainers worldwide would be like if you're making a hundred thousand doing whatever you do that's great go for it push, 
but LA a little bit, but definitely Orange County, like where it's so the standard is so high. You're not famous, so you must do something else, right? They they couldn't. But also Orange County, how are they to know that you can make a really good, you know, career in show business without being famous? You know, wrecking crew stuff like that. That's kind of known in LA circles that a working actor, working actress, you know, they're well known within the industry, maybe a little recognizable nationwide, worldwide. But, you know, it's like, you know, they have a career in it. But being unimpressed in Orange County is a little different kind of being unimpressed. Uh, Orange County's financial. LA is just general human being unimpressed. Self-hatred working itself out of your body towards others. But I think it's a survival thing in LA. You know, if I just act unimpressed all the time, then I won't get caught up in the worship culture and get overwhelmed by people who are actually talented. I don't think stand-up, or my style anyway, is well-received on the West Coast. I, I just don't think it's a cerebral, intellectual part of the country. I'd say that for SoCal. Uh, I think it's something that unites all of SoCal, LA, SD, OC. It's just competitive, and people don't have time to like let it sink in. It's competitive. It's good-looking people. Uh, kind of entrepreneurial. So like you need to sell it. Like it needs to hit right away. It's not going to be a reflective DC crowd, New York, um, you know, I would say Philly. I don't know, but something like that, you know, uh, Boston, it's, it's not going to be that kind of hip on top of it. Um, crowd. God, this is so boring. It's, you know, in the West Coast, it has to be easy to understand. Seattle, that's a good underground scene, right? That's San Francisco's good, right? San Francisco, Seattle, Boston, New York. Um, some of those towns are great. You know, Austin, stuff like that. Books, people read books. It's, it's fantastic. They don't just read, you know, Killing Satan or Killing Jesus by O'Reilly. Um, I don't know. Okay, opposite kind of. Okay, okay. It's, it could be the style, too. I, I'd say that for SoCal. Like, I've just never had great shows. Like, I've never been able to get traction. Uh, obviously, you know, it's your big... Okay, if you're a big act, if you're a loud act, if you're easy to understand, you know, it's the relationship comic. It's the brash woman that will say anything. It's the heavy-handed ethnic act, you know. It's someone that is the exact opposite of all that, but isn't funny. They only capitalize on being a self-proclaimed alt-act or someone with a huge podcast. I don't know if Seinfeld or Nate Bergazzi or Bill Burr, Leno, Rock, Louis C.K., I'm missing a ton. I don't, I don't know if they become the comics they became if they start in L.A. I'll throw Bargazzi in there. God, I don't know how Chad Daniels is doing it. He doesn't even do it for Minneapolis. He does it for Ferguson. Fergus Falls or Ferguson Falls? Fergus Falls. Ferguson Falls, north of the city three hours. Anyway... Oh, I have it right here. I don't know how F. Chad Daniels has done it. Chappelle was in movies. He was out of D.C. in kind of, you know, uh, Ohio Spring, Spring Hills or Spring Valley or Yellow Springs maybe in uh, Montana. But he was in movies and shows as he ascended. Uh, I think his stand-up now is as good as it's ever been. I think he's a better stand-up comic than he's ever been. Uh, you know, you know, he was young. He was in his 20s, 30s talking about marijuana. Now he's just talking to everybody. He's mind-blowing i think rock chris rock is battling show business balance right now uh he wants to be in movies and such and he's great he's excellent but i think a little of the focus is off because of the show business aspirations which is fine he's done his thing he's done his time plenty of classics carte blanche for chris rock 
Uh, and you know what? He did comedy at Coachella. That's unheard of. He did a set at Coachella, I heard. Uh, and that Coachella's probably more of a Patton Oswalt crowd. I can see him doing. But whatever. Regardless of what you feel about the music there, I, I loved it. I only did it one year. I don't know. Now I'm, I'm stagecoach, right? Oh, the one that's a week later that's country music. That's probably more my, my jam. Although I'd go to whatever. Um, but to do comedy at an outdoor daytime music, music festival is insane. I had to open for Andrew W.K., and the and they might be giants about three or four years into comedy at USC's orientation in the late summer of 2004. It was insane. The gnarliest feeling. Uh, thankfully, it was so over the top that I was I couldn't get nervous because I'm like, this is so ridiculous. This is so there's so many people here and I'm going to be doing comedy on the like. But the good news is when there's 5000 people there, you know, it, it, if you get like five percent laughing then that's some that's a lot of people so um i was about 30 maybe i and i maybe looked young because i remember a girl a student was talking to me and then i got trumped for the guitarist but then he couldn't carry conversation so she came back to me and i went to a party with her anyway um so you, you still look young so that was good if it didn't go well you know it's they could be like oh he looked maybe he goes here it's fine but it was 5,000 on the lawn there, that long lawn. USC band opened it. They're doing their thing. They march around. This whole place is going crazy. Uh, the best band, or at least one of the best, top two, three college bands in the world, I would say. Marching, playing. Place is going crazy. Crazy, whatever. You know, there's food trucks everywhere. I think there's parents too. And it's kind of like the parents are about to leave. The kids are about to, like, cool. We can do Okay, so it's the band, then the cheerleaders. Again, some of the best in the world. I, I don't know. There's not better cheerleaders. I mean, schools in Florida, Texas, like, of course, yeah, all these schools are going to have top cheerleaders. So no, no better UCLA, no better cheerleaders, but as good maybe. But, I mean, USC cheerleaders. So it's a band, cheerleaders. Now please welcome comedian Patrick Keene. And it's like, who, like, what? Why that energy transfer? I had to go do 15 minutes, maybe 20 before introducing the band um it was a local band they were great then it got to be sunset and as i went on and did time well so i had to do time between andrew w, andrew wk's band set up then intro uh they come on they go they go nuts and it gets dark twilight kind of a beautiful night and then giants they might be giants set up as it got really dark it was a beautiful night i don't know who booked those two acts back to back wow couldn't be more off. Even one of the Mike by Giants guys is like, who the fuck booked us after Andrew WK? It was so funny. I'm like, man, I don't like, I don't know what I'm doing in the world. Point is, not an easy gig. Probably easier for a no name because it's no pressure if it goes south. But I do remember Chris Rock did Coachella for like 45 minutes one year, and I heard it went really well. So more power to you. Anyway, that's a nice lead into the Oscars. Anyway, so yeah, those guys built their chops on the road, New York, whatnot. And I'm still kind of this, my bits are a little too shallow, I think. Anyway, let's talk about the Oscars really quick. I was thrilled for Michelle Yao and Brendan Frage and uh, Fraze and uh, Short Round from Goonies and Temple of Doom. The picture with Harrison Ford, just amazing. Uh, Oscars are so different now. These aren't must-see movies, man. I, I mean, I watch the trailer for something somewhere all the time, and it's different. I, I'm not going to see it. I just wasn't, and I was like, what is this, metaverse stuff? So I... I think we really give a lot of merit now, especially now, to different 
it has to stand out, not with quality, but with just being different. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever see that. Oh, the Swamp Thing movie a few years ago, or this creature, the color of love or the color of liquid love or something. There's like a creature and a woman in the water, underwater relationship. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I don't know what people want, clearly. Who knows what they're battling with social media craze, streaming? I don't know what that means. Okay. I just feel like uh, I feel like if Shawshank Redemption were made today or Citizen Kane, it would go undetected and reappear somewhere years later. You know, And we'd be like, how do we miss this? Well, because we're all morons looking for flavor of the week stuff. How were the how were the how were the ratings for the Oscars? You know, um, people still know him as Short Round. They don't know his real name, and everyone saw that movie. So it's just ironic that a movie that everybody saw that's unbelievable, he, he's going to get more credit within the industry for for this one. Great, uh, a movie that I don't know how many people are going to see it. So I don't know. I might be a white old cunt, maybe. Jim Broadbent in Moulin Rouge. Okay, so yeah, I saw. I was, while that was going on, I watched I watched Moulin Rouge again on the ship, and just there's all so many great roles over the years that we need to retroactively go back and give awards to. Because like, if we're going to give awards to some of the shit that's come in the last few years, like I remember Crush or Crash outdid um, Brokeback Mountain, which I thought was a joke because Crush or Crash was just like this kind of it perfectly played on your sensitivity racially and all that stuff. And Brokeback Mountain was a tough, real film, man. Anyway, so I'm watching Moulin Rouge on the ship. Jim Broadbent, the entire cast, really. But his performance, that deserves an Academy Award. I think more than any other character in that movie, more than Nicole or Ewan, Evan, Ewan McGregor, yeah, uh, is Jim Broadbent. She's confessing. He's just trying to keep the Duke, trying to keep the finances going. Um, Hurt him. Hurt him to save him. And just some of the lines, creatures, oh yeah, we're creatures of the underworld. We can't afford to love. It's just so good, and so it really resonates. Where's his award? That, that's, that role is 100 times more memorable than most of the shit that got awards, that gets awards every year. Um, but you know what? It's tough to tell in the moment what will last over the years, right? They do want to reward new avant-garde filmmaking in their defense. Okay. There was always a popular... Oh, there was always popular movies. There was always popular movies. And then there were movies that won awards. Okay, I remember growing up and they were like, oh, this is a movie that won awards. I'm like, what? Nobody saw that. Like, Back to the Future didn't get anything, you know? Um, but then you look, you're like, okay, Rocky got something and, and Annie Hall got something. And uh, But I remember Chariots of Fire and Out of Africa, Passage to India. Uh, I, I, could, I barely made it through all those movies one time. English Patient I never saw, but I think that won a ton of awards. Schindler's List won a ton. That was great one. That was, that was one of the few times I was like, ooh, okay, good. I, I know that movie. I saw it, and it won. Um, it won a ton that year. But I still could only make it through that once, Jesus. And like Dance with Wolves, I've actually seen a bunch, which isn't good that I can watch Native Americans die, but not Jewish people. Like, okay, great. Oh, my listeners are going to call in. Amadeus, I saw a couple times. That won an award. But a lot of these classics, I saw later. I saw later, years later. In the 90s in college, beyond Rocky, I've seen plenty. Annie Hall, many times. Deer Hunter, many. Unforgiven, many. So I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because uh, I just think I went back on my own point. College basketball, pretty great. San Diego State's in the finale tomorrow night. Uh, is it not the same question mark or am I not the same? I just think I'm not the same. I, I just, you know, I got to get over it. 
Uh, some of it, though. I mean, these coaches not wearing suits and ties kills it for me. It was just so, it just, I really held them on a, you know, pedestal. And I kind of like that when you hold them up on a pedestal with a tie. Now they're in like a jump jacket or something, windbreaker. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? What, what are you scouting in the summer? Illegal kids in high school trying to get them to transfer? They're wearing those jackets. I'm like, get a suit and tie on. Grow up. Uh, evolving in other areas can pull us away from things we didn't think were related to other things. Oh, that's good. High tide lifts all ships, right? Doing this men's group. And it's like, you think, oh, I just need to fix this part. And then things just like flood your life, decisions and thinking, and you go back and, and it just permeates all these healthy decisions you make. And you're like, oh, okay. Wow, I didn't think that would affect this, but, uh, you know, all these interactions. Uh, basketball, college basketball, too many commercials, too much nonspecific language and pandering by the announcers. Again, that's just an old guy talking. I just feel like it's just bubble gum. And I'm like, report the game. Report the game. Was it Jimmy Jackson? He, like, they're, they're trying to talk, and, and they get a little momentum on a point, and then he, like, tries to, like, make a joke or, like, false self-deprecation, which is so embarrassing. But it doesn't matter. I'm on the phone for a lot of sports now. Um, I saw K-State, Michigan State, Thriller, uh, FAU upset Tennessee in a Thriller, huge turnaround by Gonzaga against UCLA. But, uh, man, UConn, I, I just don't think anybody's beating UConn. They're loaded again. But uh, some games for the ages. And one night, there were like three games that came down to the last possession, like back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Uh, Elite 8, silly term, forced. For Sweet 16, cool, rolls off the tongue. Sweet 16. Um Final four, right? Because it's the same direction with the letter. Elite eight is two different pronunciations of the word E, right? It's an A sound, E, and E. So it doesn't roll. So it's forced. Um, And elite really isn't elite the winner. It's not the eight. But uh, yeah, they had to throw something in there. Uh, Can there be eight elites? It's a lot of elites. Okay. So on the last ship, I was, uh, God, is this almost over for your sake? On the last ship, I performed the first night of the cruise, got it out of the way, and uh, it's so jarring when you get on and in. Like, you've been traveling, you get to a hotel, you stay the night in a hotel, or you travel to get on, and you have to board between, like, 11 and 4, because they need everybody off that just came into port from, like, 7 to 11, and people are cleaning, and everything's being redone, and it's intense. And then you get on, and you're, like, out of it, and you get called and like, we need you tonight, man. And you're like, oh man, I needed one night. I needed one night. But you regroup, maybe work out. I've done that a couple of times. I worked out once on the, in transition. I was like, I can't believe I'm working out. I'm so tired. I like meditated and this pounded out two shows. And, uh, and, and you're just like, you're up and running for the week. And I didn't have any other, I had six days, six or seven days to just chill. And I was like, oh, this is great and bad. But if you ever take a cruise ship, just know that there's some speed bumps as you get on, right? There's going to be speed bumps, like account, your account is that hooked to the key card, you know, finding your room, um, your key may not work. Sometimes I leave my room unlocked, I, I take the deadbolt or whatever, and I just leave it, I undo it. So it comes out of the door, and it just hits against the door. And nobody can really tell. And I just don't want to risk, I don't want to get back to my room and have to go back to the front desk to get a key done. Yeah, so you get on the ship, you got key, you got billing, luggage. It can be a little stressful. It can be a little stressful. And people are running around, and they want to eat right away and drink right away. And there's plenty of time for all of it, I assure you, if you're ever on a cruise ship. 
Uh, people want to get their first drink. They want to get to a resting spot before anybody else gets it. And there's plenty of spots. Uh, more than enough time for everything. Okay. So back Monday, late March, uh, my half birthday, March 27th. Oh, God. The years don't stop, man. You worry about getting old and don't know if you're doing it right. And then you see suburb living. And some of it's, you know, not living at all. Right? Because there's a lot of people putting chains on themselves, man. If you let it. But you got to get out, right? You got to get away. Def don't mind living here right now, you know, especially after LA. I, I think LA took COVID the hardest. It just, it just, and I go back now and I'm like, man, I didn't grow this much. This city's depressed, man. Uh, LA is not the same for me. I don't necessarily think it's my age or interest level. I really think COVID did a number. Maybe I just realized now what LA is and never did before. Oh, that's a good point. Or it changed just enough where things I liked about it got changed enough. Don't know what that means. Uh, but I was living pretty chaotic. I was living pretty chaotic. This last couple of years has been amazing for so many reasons. I heard a great quote by Jordan Peterson. Uh, he said, being lost is sometimes perceived as being free. Right? Like, this is so free and great. Um, and it's not, right? It's not the case. And that really resonated. I think he's right. Sometimes you think it's liberating when you, when really it's just chaos. And that's what it is for a lot of comics, uh, a lot of actors, musicians. That song from Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges, sometimes falling feels like flying for a little while, right? Uh, but you're going to wake up the next morning and have to answer to you next morning, right? You're going to have to answer to next morning you, tomorrow you. And as you get older, you realize that's a thing. When you're younger, you don't realize, oh, I'm fucking over tomorrow, Patrick Keene. You know, I'm, I'm screwing him over. Yeah. Yeah, you just screwed over some guy in the future. Uh, but that's a thing, man. Uh, Jordan Peterson thinks over, human overpopulation and the environment aren't as big of issues to be concerned about. Which I just don't get. I mean, Jordan is a guy I could have a disagreement with and not get heated. Right. But I would be, I'd be like, what are you talking about? How, how can you go against all these scientists that say we have, we're exhausting the Earth's resources? But he's not worried. But you know what? He's rich and popular and has a brand. Um, but I could at least have a debate with him and respect him, and we'd shake hands after and be friends. Uh, Bernie, too. I love Bernie. I'd ask him about, uh, I'd ask Bernie about some of the woke things and COVID protocols where he stood firm. That's where we would disagree, I'm sure. Um, Grant, I'm a fan. It would take him over. Oh, yeah. I think Bernie's like, can someone please take this over? The Dems blocked me twice. I'm 80, 82. I, get, get me out of here. I think even Biden's like, can somebody? I didn't even want to be here, man. So it's funny when you hear critiques of Biden's like person. It's like, dude, none of this is coming from him. Uh, Democrats also blocked Henry Wallace in 1944. They got company man Harry S. Truman in there because they knew he'd go along with the atom bomb dropping and just things in general. He'd tow the party line. He would do what the Democrats uh, wanted, no questions asked. They dropped two bombs in three days, three to four days, August 6th, August 9th. That's insane. They had to drop the second one before Japan could get its official surrender out, I'm pretty sure, because I'm sure it was... They were like, we got to get these off. There was talk. I think they have a third bomb. There was talk that they were going to drop it off the coast to just demonstrate what it could do. But they were also worried that's not going to, they're not going to be convinced. Uh, 
So testing the bomb was kind of out. What were we doing? Possibly showing the Soviets our power, right? Showing the world. They chose Hiroshima because it was a major arms manufacturer that really hadn't been hit during the bombings. Japan was getting bombed. Tokyo was bombed the shit out of. Um, Osaka bombed the shit out of. But Hiroshima wasn't that. So you could really measure with a bomb, you know, how much damage did it actually do? So that's why that city was picked. Easier to assess damage of what a bomb can do if it's an area that hasn't been hit. Right. That's why they didn't hit Tokyo. Tokyo's bombed to shit. Oh, yeah. If we bombed Tokyo, we wouldn't have been able to tell the difference what came from the one bomb as opposed to previous bombings. Nagasaki was picked because it was a major trading port. Uh, it's a beautiful city. Uh, goods coming in and out. The harbor is amazing. It looks like a European city because that's who first hit Japan from foreign lands. Um, and I'm pretty sure that predated Matthew C. Commodore coming into, was it Tokyo where he brought it in? But I think even before that, in the 17 and 1800s, yeah, it must have been because that was kind of some shogun stuff. They were from Spain. They were from Portugal. The Portuguese and Spanish, as we know from Shogun right here, beautiful city. So that's they came in through Nagasaki. And it's beautiful again today. Hiroshima, too, is beautiful. So Hiroshima and Nagasaki, beautiful, thriving cities. And how many American towns and cities looked like they were bombed? Sad. Terrible. Would other countries have used the bomb if they could have? <laughs> I'm sure Adolf Hitler would have, would have done plenty of atom bomb dropping. God, he'd drop him on his own family. Uh, Stalin would have been dropping him on his own people. I don't know. I don't know. Stalin seemed... I don't know. I don't know about Stalin. Stalin doesn't get as much hate, I don't think, as he should, because he killed his own people. And then Leopold from Belgium got it done. He, he got it out of the way in Africa with enough time to not get criticized. All those stuff's coming out now about the millions that were slaughtered. Millions. Think about that. Not hundreds. Millions of Africans killed because of the king of Belgium. And just, oh, it's so ugly. And then I think that's the inspiration for the original Apocalypse Now, which was from the early 1900s, Heart of Darkness. So, yeah, Leopold, that, that should be in the uh, conversation more. Okay, the Japanese did atrocious things, atrocious things in China, Korea, all over Southeast Asia. Um, Sing uh, Singapore? Yes, Singapore. Yes, they all went all the way to Singapore. Um, they were knocking on India's door. They got Taiwan there. Formosa was known as formerly, the artist formerly known. Uh, yeah, what they did in Vietnam, the Philippines, they were all, the Japanese were all over there. They came out of the um, the samurai era, 1868, Meiji Restoration, and they began to build a national machine. They defeated Russia in the 1907 Russo-Japanese War. I think they won some islands up there, Ryukyu or Khalil or something like that. They went into Korea in 1910 uh, and occupied the entire continent of Korea, north and south, from 1910 to 1945, made them speak Japanese in schools, sex slaves for the women, called them comfort women. And there's still great tension with those two countries. They play in soccer, and it's always heated. There's still great tension. I was uh, The only time I've really glaringly been a victim of whatever was when I was at a Korean restaurant with two Japanese guys and uh, at, a, at a lunch. And we went into this little, little diner in Korea, thriving, bustling scene. And I'm like, how can you tell the difference? Like, I'm with two Japanese guys. I just assumed... <laughs> 
I'm like, but they knew, they, they know that those two were Japanese. And he's like, to me, he's like, yeah, we don't have any more food. And I'm like, what? And I was like, well, it's packed in here and everybody's just loving it. And the Japanese guys were like, we got to go, man. <laughs> we got to go. Uh, so Japanese did damage in the Philippines, Vietnam, Singapore, Burma. Yeah, the Burma marches. Those uh, are where we fought in. Uh, that, that's where we fought the Japanese on land in World War II. Everything for Japan was uh, from the air. But uh, for land battles with the Japanese, it was in Southeast Asia, right? Singapore, Burma, Vietnam, Philippines, those jungles, man. We weren't having land battles in Japan. Okay, so that's tricky. So it's like, do you want to land people? Or do you want to handle this with a bomb? It's war, right? It's messed up, and you got to end the thing. None of us were there, so we don't know how necessary the second dropping was, especially with that civilian death toll. Uh, I wasn't there, right? 80 years of hindsight, eh, pretty convenient. I was in Iraq, Afghanistan, but uh, we have contributed to failed states, failed states in Yemen, Libya, and Egypt now. Uh, that was Obama's watch, right? That doesn't, not sure about Syria, but uh, the Obama stuff doesn't get mentioned. They're trying to, oh, they're trying to get over a recent earthquake, yet us in the Israel bombing Syria. Yeah, we're doing that. None of it's covered in the news. Weird. All that news we watch, all that church we go to, and how many people are taking action in their lives, right? Just make it go away. Give it to me in little watered down versions where I feel justified in my life. Um, Jesus Christ. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm out there. I'm all over the place here, but I'm not wrong on most of this stuff. Uh, all these previous generations of humanity have been tested. We haven't. Why is that? Something coming? Something big? Real information being kept from us so we can worry about Christmas presents, second homes, our kids' proms, uh, Palm Springs, stuff like that. Wealth gap. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wealth gap is at unheard of proportions. Uh, what will happen next? Stay tuned, right? So, uh, rest in peace to Jack Holder. Jack Holder, H-O-L-D-R. He died uh, at 102, last survivor of the December 7th attack on Pearl Harbor. He was the last remaining surviving member of the military. He made it to 102. Thank you for listening. Keen on Things podcast, keen of comedy. More like keen of tragedy. Sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, that's my mood. I am good. I'm doing well. It's just... uh, I'm I'm tapped, man. I'm tapped. All right. I love you. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this keeps going. Keen on things. Podcast. Keen of comedy and all social media platforms. Shows coming up. Uh, yeah. I don't know. On some ship leaving Fort Lauderdale on Thursday or Friday. And then uh, after that, if anybody has ideas, send me ideas. I need to get a gig, I think, in Orange County. Yeah. South Orange County. Either Ice, not Ice House, the uh, Coach House or the K. Lakov. And uh, I need to do a show. He's, a ja- he's an Italian artist. He's a singer and piano player and guitarist. And he plays classic Italian music. He's beautiful. I'm going to do a half hour up top. He's going to do an hour. Do an hour and a half show. And it'll be a nice like kind of dinner theater show. No dinner served. But um should be fun. I think I can get good families to that. Like families that I grew up with. Italian, Catholic. They'll, they'll love that. They'll drool. Uh, if anybody can think of a venue for that, I need to t- seats. We'll need to charge for tickets for that. It'll be 25 ahead. I think, um, that'll, that's reasonable 50 for a couple and, and we'll deck it out. He's great. Marco is amazing. We met on a ship in Argentina and, and hit it off. He had some kidney trouble, man. And I, we were worried cause it's like, dude, you gotta, you're going to be on a plane a long time here, 10 hours. So we had to make sure he didn't eat or drink too much. We, I was with him though. So I was like, dude, 
you know, he couldn't eat too much because the kidneys process that. And he's like, I can't give my kidneys too much to work to do. So it's scary because he's a fit guy and he's 35 and he looks good. And he's got a wife and child there in uh, Miami or Fort Lauderdale. Anyway, going to try to do that show. Wow. 40 minutes. Sorry. Love you. Bye.